Hello and welcome to a series of podcasts where we will look at wills and probate. I'm Ruth Mayer and a partner at Boyce Turner and throughout the series I'm going to be speaking to Paul Lowry, also a partner at Boyce Turner and head of wills, trusts and probate. Hi Paul, how are you doing? Really well Ruth, how are you? I'm enjoying the sunshine. Really well, thanks. So what are we going to be talking about in this episode? Uh, in this episode, I want to talk about marriage, divorce and second marriages in the context of wills. Uh, what you need to think about in each of these situations. But first of all, I'm going to talk about not being married. Mm, so what do you mean by that? Well, so these days, it's really common for a couple to form a relationship, uh, buy a house together, even have children together without being married. So one of the first things people should realise is if you die without making a will, there are rules set out in law, which are called the rules of intestacy, and they will decide in the absence of a will how your estate will pass in the event of your death. Under the rules of intestacy, an unmarried partner isn't recognised. So this means if you're living with your partner, but you're not married to them, and you die intestate, i.e. without a will, then under the rules of intestacy, your partner isn't going to receive anything. Now, there are exceptions to this. The most usual one, the most common one, is if you own a property together as what we call joint tenants in your joint names, then if one person dies, the property passes automatically by survivorship to the surviving joint owner, and it wouldn't be affected by the rules of intestacy. But if you've got additional assets over and above that, or a property um, is perhaps owned by one of the partners in a relationship, you've really got to be thinking about making a will. Also, if you've got children together, um, you should be considering making a will because you want to make sure that if something happened to both of you and your children were still under the age of 18, that guardians are appointed um, to look after them in that situation. And also to make sure that anything that passes to children is going to be held in an appropriate trust to, to, to protect them until they reach a, a, an age of maturity rather than relying on the rules of intestacy where uh, in that particular situation children can inherit as young as the age of 18. So say someone's about to get married should they be thinking about wills then? Yeah so let's assume that you've, you've got a couple that've been living together and they decide to get married and when I'm talking about marriage I'm also talking about same-sex marriage or civil partnerships. So if they've already got a will they might think uh, they're covered but they need to think about amending that will because, and this is a very important point, marriage has got the effect of revoking a will. So the minute you say, I do, if you have a will, it's cancelled from that point. Now, there is a way around it. You can put in a special clause into your will if you make your will before you get married, which says that your will is being made in expectation of your marriage to a named individual. Um, you can't say that you're hoping to just get married to somebody or other. Um, you ha it has to actually be a named individual. And if you've got a clause of that type in your will, and then you get married to that person, your will won't be revoked by that marriage. So it's a really important point. Um, and I'll give you an example of that. Very, very recently, I was talking to some clients, and it transpired that they'd signed wills back in the, uh, in the early 1980s, but it was a year before they got, they got married. And... Um, what their subsequent marriage then revoked those wills and they didn't realize that they hadn't had valid wills 
since the early 80s. So golden rule is always check if you've made a will previously and you subsequently get married. Um, if you're about to get married and you don't have a will, you should be thinking of making one. And in any event, if it's made before the marriage ceremony, then you need to have that clause in that I've just talked about that it's made in expectation of marriage um, to a particular person. So, uh, and also people quite often assume that if they are married, they don't need a will because everything is gonna to pass to their spouse in any event. It's not always the case. So it's always preferable to take advice and make sure you have a valid will. So once you've made a will, is that it? Can you just put it away and forget about it? Well, you should really be reviewing your will at least every five years. That's our advice. And also um, review it on the occurrence of a significant life event. So that might be something like an inheritance, a bereavement, the birth of a child, the birth of a second or a subsequent child. And that brings us on to the point of divorce. Now, that's another key point where you need to stop and look at any arrangements that you've got in place regarding your will. So what effect does divorce have on a will? So if you get divorced, your will is still valid. Unlike marriage, divorce doesn't cancel a will. But any gift in your will to your former spouse will be treated as though that former spouse has died as at the date of the divorce. So that means that any gifts obviously won't take effect, but it will have a knock-on effect on your will in that there may be substitute provisions in your will that would then take effect. If there aren't any, it could end up that your estate um, isn't properly dealt with by your will, which could mean that you're either wholly or partially intestate, and so that the rules of intestacy would apply. So if you get divorced, the very least you should be doing is reviewing your will, and probably you should be changing it. And second marriages, what about them? So second or even further marriages, uh, say rules apply about revocation of your will, so you'd either have to make a new will before the second marriage with a clause saying it's an expectation of uh, marriage to that particular person, or you'd need to make a new will as soon as possible um, after that marriage. Um, if you're on to a second or subsequent marriage and you've still got financial commitments to a previous spouse for ongoing maintenance, for example, you do need to check, um, probably take advice from a family lawyer, to see whether or not those obligations continue after your death, because it might mean that you have to make some provision for a former spouse in your will. Um, now, one of the most common things that we come across is that often on uh, second or subsequent marriages, um, a partner may have children from a previous relationship. And so they'll need to consider their wishes and how they can provide for their new spouse but also to ensure that ultimately their estate passes to their own children. So classic example, you've got two people, both of them previously married, both divorced, and then they get married to each other. So it's a second marriage. Each of them's got two children from their previous marriage. And what they usually want to do is they, they want to provide for each other, um, their new spouse when the first person dies, but they also want to ensure that each of their respective estates passes down to their own children. So if you make a will where you leave everything absolutely to your new spouse, the ultimate destination of where both of your assets will end up is going to be determined by the will of the second person to die because you've left everything to them on the first death. And there is a risk that the second person to die 
may have made a will in favour of their own children only, or if they haven't, they could change their will in theory after the first person dies so that everything passes to their children and the children of the first person to die effectively lose out on their inheritance. Now, I've seen that situation uh, occur more than once. So to prevent that happening, what couples will often do on a second marriage is that rather than leave everything to each other absolutely, they'll pass their assets onto a, what's called a life interest trust for the survivor. So that's a type of trust where the survivor gets the income from the assets held in trust, but they don't get an automatic entitlement to the capital. So in real terms, for example, if a house or a share of a house goes into a life interest trust, it means that the survivor is allowed to carry on living there. If there is uh, cash or investments held in an account, the survivor gets the income, but they can't take the capital out and spend it. And then usually the trust would come to an end on the death of the survivor and then provides that the assets in the trust would pass to the children of the first person to die. So it's a very typical arrangement in a second or subsequent marriage. Um, and what it does, it allows you to ensure that your estate will pass to your own children and won't pass to the children of your new spouse. Um, it could get even more complicated if, if uh, someone's got children from a previous marriage and then they get married again and then they have more children from that subsequent marriage. So these sorts of things, you've got to think through very carefully. You should talk about these things very carefully with a solicitor, take advice and make sure that your will is constructed in such a way that achieves all of your wishes. So in summary, you need to take advice if you're in a relationship and if you acquire property or have children before you get married. You need to take advice if you get married, if you get divorced, you need to take advice. And also if you're on a second or a subsequent marriage. Well, thanks for that, Paul. I can see people really do need to take advice. So how can they get in touch with you? You can find us through our usual telephone numbers and email contact details, which you'll find in the description in this podcast. So what are we going to be talking about in the next episode? So in the next episode, Ruth, uh, we'll be talking about what families with children with a disability should be considering when making the will. So this is, a, this is an area of particular interest to uh, our team at Boys Turner. We've got links with MENCAP and other local charities that support adults and children and their families with a learning disability. And that includes uh, a charity called Promise Inclusion, which is uh, a charity based in Bracknell, used to be Bracknell District MENCAP, and uh, I'm currently one of the trustees there. Well, Paul, that was great. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks a lot, Ruth. That was Paul Lowry. As Paul mentioned, there are more episodes coming soon, so do look out for them. The best way to make sure you don't miss them is by subscribing on whatever podcast platform you use. Thank you for listening and goodbye.